beauty and skincare is always a hot topic around here, and today I want to tell you about a new product line I've discovered that I think you will like, Exponent Beauty. Listeners of the show will receive 20% off their purchase. More details on that in a minute. Exponent Beauty is a skincare brand with a line of activated anti-aging serums that are clinically proven to reduce fine lines and wrinkles. The beauty of Exponent Beauty is their innovative form factor. The powders are activated with a quadruple hyaluronic acid serum in their patented precision-dosed dispenser. The packaging is gorgeous, and the dispenser itself is refillable, so it has also reduced plastic waste. Exponent Beauty's line of serums can be found in med spas and spas and dermatologists' office around the country. The line is dermatologist-recommended and clinically proven to reduce those fine lines and wrinkles, and to increase brightness and radiance, and to firm skin without irritation. No more expired or underutilized products with Exponent Beauty, just high-quality skincare with ingredients that work. Go to ExponentBeauty.com and use code TELL20 for 20% off a purchase of $100 or more. That's Exponent, E-X-P-O-N-E-N-T, Beauty, B-E-A-U-T-Y.com and use code TELL20, T-E-L-L, the numbers two zero for 20% off your purchase of $100 or more. to tell you. And you have 10 things to tell. This show is about connection with each other and with ourselves. And the hope is that the things we talk about here will be fuel for better conversations and a personal awareness. This is an interactive podcast. Each episode has a prompt and a topic that I want you to take to your journal, text to your best friend, or answer on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. This is a show about digging deeper and sharing our stuff. I'll go first. Welcome to this super-sized episode of the podcast. I decided to keep this one as one big monster episode instead of breaking it into two because I love these conversations And I like having them together as one big topic, because today on 10 Things to Tell You, we're talking about old friends versus new friends. Okay, not versus. They're not opposing teams. I think we can all agree that there are benefits to old friends and benefits to new friends. And this is something that I've been thinking about a lot as I wrote and am now promoting my new book, Share Your Stuff, I'll Go First. As I was writing and as I've been talking about the stories in the book, it's made me think a lot about old friends and the different versions of Lara that they have known over the years. And it's also made me appreciate my new friends, the friend group that I've made in the last four or five years who have gotten to know this current person I am, someone I have fought really hard to become. So today's episode is a conversation with a friend I've known from childhood, Kimmy, and then a conversation with a friend I've made in the last few years, Tracy. 
Both of these women are important to me in totally different ways. And I hope as you listen, you'll think about your friendships and their origin stories and the value that they bring to your life. I hope hearing my conversations with an old friend and then a new friend make you want to reach out to friends and ask them if they remember when you met and just to acknowledge what place you have in one another's life now. And if, like a lot of us, you're experiencing some friendship pain in the last year because of the pandemic, because of the political climate, or just because your seasons of life are changing, you might be interested to know that Tracy, the new friend conversation, Tracy is one of the friends I've referenced over the past few months as someone who called me out in the last year for not being fantastic at friendship in a pandemic. And we get into that at the end of our conversation. She and I had a hard moment in our friendship in 2020, and so we talk about that. And I hope that hearing that is helpful to you. Let's start first with Kimmy, though. I met Kimmy at summer camp when we were both around 11 years old. And as you will hear in our conversation, she is one of my oldest and dearest friends, and yet we have never lived in the same state. It is a totally different type of lifetime friendship than you've heard me have or talk about on this podcast before when I've had longtime friends on. Meg Teets, Lindsay Lawler came on to talk about her adoption story. Dr. Kara Pence has been on multiple times to talk about books with me. Kimmy, who we're going to hear from today, she knows me in a different way than those childhood friends, and you'll hear us talk about why. Kimmy Dolman is a business owner, a wife, and a mom in Dallas. She founded the branding and design studio Switch with offices in Dallas and Oklahoma City, and she is a mom to three. Her husband, Matt Dolman, who we talk about quite a bit in our conversation, he launched Live Coles Barbecue in 2018 after being a longtime successful caterer and restaurant owner. And y'all, they sent me some brisket and barbecue burnt ends from Live Coles to celebrate my book launch. And I swear to you, it is about the best thing I've ever put in my mouth. It was so good. I'll tag them on social media, but you can order the barbecue at thelivecoles.com, and I highly suggest you do so if you are a barbecue lover like I am. Okay, here's my conversation with one of my oldest friends, my forever bridesmaid, Kimmy Dolman. Now we're going to talk about good, happy things like our friendship. Okay, let's do it. Are you excited to talk about friendship with me? I'm excited. I don't know. I've never been on a podcast before. It's all new <laughs> to me. Do you remember when we first met? I can remember you because we weren't in some cabin until later. So at the younger kids camp, I definitely remember thinking you were super cool. You were like the fun life of the party, cool kid in the older cabin. <laughs> but I don't feel like we were really friends until... The older kids camp. Well, I remember being aware of you when we were in the younger age. I think I was in cabin 13 is when I can kind of trace it back. So I would have been maybe 11 years old. Yeah, and I, I was 11 when I first went to camp. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I must have become aware of you at that summer. I'd been there a few years. But the main reason that I first became acquainted with Kimmy was because – People 
thought we were related. Right. Like really early on, people mis- like would mistake us for sisters or cousins or something. And I was like, oh, I like I didn't even totally know you. And when I look back, it's not that we looked exactly alike by any means, but we favored each other. We were like we were like the world's smallest people. Like <laughs> <laughs> you're very small. We were small and I do think there are similarities to us, just like our expressions or whatever, that I I guess I understood why people were sort of associating us before we were even officially friends, I feel like. And yeah. so then when we got to be friends, well, what do you remember about it? About when we got to be friends? I mean, I cannot tell you the year that we became friends. I'm just, I'm just here to tell you that. I have no idea. I don't remember <laughs> I we either. We lived in camp together and we clearly, we were in the same tribe. So we all, you know, we were around each other more. Also, did you take dance? You took dance at mm-hmm. Field of Camp, right? So I did that. So that had to have been it. Like, because we've spent like hours in that class. It was like three hours a day or something really intense and crazy like that. So that must have been. Well, no. And also, I just remembered your hometown best friend was in my cabin. Yes. Like for years. And so even though you're only a month younger than us, we are sorted in cabins by age, by birthday. And so you would come like to our cabin to see her and she also did dance. So we would all, and she was also in our tribe. And so we would all sort of hang out. So I think that might've been the biggest link was Courtney. And then, you know, Jeff and I were talking about this this morning because Jeff was just sort of asking about our friendship when we were younger, because of course we were becoming friends at a summer camp that was a month long. So we were, you know, having a really long chunk of time together, but then it wasn't an age like before texting, before right. email. And so he was like, well, how did you keep in touch? Did you just see each other at camp? Well, definitely when we started driving, we started visiting each other and it wasn't like a lot, but a couple times a year, because I would pass through Ardmore on my way to Norman to see my cousins and my grandparents and you come to Dallas to go shopping or whatever. And so we would see each other. We saw each other a couple of times, I think, when we started driving. I'm sure we talked a little bit on the phone, but I don't really remember that a lot either. I mean, camp is like such a weird place because like a month at camp feels like it feels like a year. I mean, it feels like forever, uh, especially when you're younger. And it was just like, cause you're together all the time for that one month. I mean, it's like you, even your best friends, you know, you're not spending the night with them every single night. You're not having every single meal with them, all that, you know, from at home. And so, I don't know, there was just something, something about being there for that time period. I feel like really intensified friendships. Yeah, for sure. And I remember when I got my driver's license, my hometown was about two hours from Dallas and this seems like a little bit weird to me now, but it was the nineties. Everyone, my mom would let me drive down to Dallas. And so I would see you. We must've called each other to arrange that. It seems like a really long time ago, but we would see each other several times a year. And obviously we were, you know, becoming close enough that we had a full blown plan to be freshman college roommates at OU. I know the big dream. And I let us down. (laughs) I was going to say, and then you blew it. 
<laughs> randomly ended up at Baylor. But yeah, I don't really even know why I didn't end up choosing OU, except for, you know, I didn't even apply to Baylor. A friend of mine applied for me and it was just like a full on last minute decision. Like my mom had to drive my acceptance letter down there the day of because that's how long I waited to make my decision. (laughs) I kind of feel like the universe stepped in, if you will, because what happened in your life at Baylor and then what ended up happening with my life at OU, I ended up freshman roommates with one of my oldest, dearest, bestest friends, Lindsay, who's been on this Mm -hmm. podcast also. And like everything sort of ended up the way it was supposed to be. But I do think back like that we were going to go to college together and that ended up not happening, but we stayed really tight and we worked at the camp where we had been campers together. We would visit each other in our college years back and forth. I remember driving down to Baylor from Norman multiple times and, you know, just getting to see your life there and your friends and your roommates and your sorority sisters and That was really fun because before college, even though we did visit each other a little bit in our hometowns, one thing that is special about our friendship and unique about my, all of my other sort of childhood friends, and I put you in a childhood friend category, someone who's known me since I was really young, is that we've never lived in the same place. (laughs) (laughs) I know, except for in the summer, in this very intense environment. I kind of feel like that's the secret to our friendship because there was never any pressure. Like, you know, we never had to go through some sort of awkward transition phase. We've always been long distance friends. So, you know, I feel like I have that to other friends. I'm a terrible long distance friend, by the way, like just FYI. I just, I don't like to talk on the phone. You know, I get very like focused on whatever is like right in front of me. And I'm just bad. I'm really bad, except for people who are good at keeping up with me. Just such a selfish thing. But it's true. And but with you, and I I do, I have certain friendships like this, and you're one of them. But there's just so there's just no pressure. Like we can go like six months and not talk to each other and then pick up the phone and talk for hours, you know, and it's like nothing ever happened. And you've been a part of, or you've seen every big part of my life. And I think we also became friends. Like we were coming of age really when we, we became friends, which is such also a very unique time period. And so I think because our friendship really spanned that time period, that's another reason why, why it has lasted so long. I mean, you're the only person who really, I mean, I, I guess Courtney, there are a couple of friends who knew Matt and I, before we started dating and then like saw that whole thing happen. And then, you know, obviously a lot of people know us now, but very few, I mean, even my Baylor friends didn't really know him or know much about him before we got married. So that was also unique. Is this the awkward part where we admit that I had a crush on Matt first before you (laughs) married him? Are we allowed to say that publicly? I think, I think that is totally fine. I think we it's both safe to say we both had a crush on him. And I don't know. May the best woman win. You. <laughs> you ended up with who you were supposed to end up with. And I ended up with him. I adore yeah. your husband, Matt. He was also a counselor with us when we were working at the summer camp where we all met. And so, yeah, we have a million memories and a million stories and a million things in common from that time. But I have two thoughts about 
us always being long distance friends. One is because we've always been long distance friends, we've always had to make some effort. So, you know, starting from being teenagers to now, like we have to check in, you know, or, or we have to make an effort if we're visiting a city or whatever to see the other one. We can't just rely on, oh, I'll see her whenever I see her kind of thing. And so it's always been that way. So that's always been our rhythm. Right. And, we're, you know, whereas like other friends that were our college friends or whatever, once you sort of move out of each other's lives and you don't make the effort, you're not used to making the effort, then those friendships kind of fade away. The other thing about us always being long distance friends, this was what I was telling Jeff this morning that I actually think is really interesting. I have a handful of amazing, wonderful childhood friends from my hometown. And then even a few of my college friends, you know, that at this point have now been friends with for 25 years or whatever. And all of those people know me with a lot of context. So they know my parents really well. They know my siblings. They know my childhood home. They know what my high school was like. Like they know a whole world. And you and I, even though we got to visit each other's worlds occasionally, we know each other really one-on-one and really like as singular people. I don't love you because of what you do or who you know or what your grades are or what, you know, I mean, there's, there's no context. Mm-hmm. And in some ways, this is like amazing to me because we just know each other. Like it's just you and me in a room. Like it's just us. And I think that's really beautiful. Not that there's anything wrong with having a lot of context. There's amazing, you know, there's an amazing benefit to my friends who know my whole family. And like, we have a whole shorthand and I don't have to ever tell them any backstory because they like know all the backstory. But I think there's something equally beautiful about you and I just being you and I, like we are very, the only world we have in common is the summer camp that is decades and decades in our past. And so like what I know about Kimmy is like just Kimmy as the human. I don't even know Kimmy the mom, really. You know, I've I've met your kids, of course, but you know what I mean? Like, I just know Kimmy. You have no context. And I've, I hope that that comes across as the positive that I mean for it to come across. No, I think it's true. I mean, there's something, yeah, I know. I feel like we just know each other on such a deeper level than maybe is usual for a friendship because of that, because we, you know, we just kind of get to the heart of it because it's not like we're talking about, people that we know. I mean, I guess we do that somewhat, but for the most part, we're not, I don't know what it is, but I, I can't imagine not having you in my life. It's funny because it's funny to think that I don't know when we became friends because I feel like we've always been friends. That's the weird thing for me is to think about a time that we weren't. Well, you've been in my, (laughs) are we allowed to say this? We're full grown 40 something people. You've been in my top five if you will, you have always been my bridesmaid. Like if I had had to choose bridesmaids when I was 16, you would have been on that list. When I actually chose bridesmaids at 27, you were in that line. Here we are at 41. If I had to choose bridesmaids at 41, you would still be standing there. And that's like, I love it. I think that's how I'm going to start telling people, I'm like, you would be my bridesmaid. You're in my top five. With sunshine, outdoor activities, and so many fun things to do outside, it is impossible not to enjoy all of these good weather days up ahead. 
Of course, we all know that more sun and fun means more sweating and yes, more odor. That's why I'm excited to tell you about Lumi. Lumi is the first of its kind in the full body deodorant world and is seriously safe to use on any and every part of your body. It was created by an OBGYN who saw firsthand how regular body odor was being misdiagnosed and mistreated. I especially love that Lumi deodorant is baking soda and paraben free. It is also pH balanced for safe use on all areas of your body. You can choose from a variety of fresh scents like clean tangerine, lavender sage, and toasted coconut. Lumi's starter pack is perfect for new customers. It comes with a solid stick deodorant, cream tube deodorant, two free products of your choice, like a mini body wash or deodorant wipes, and free shipping. As a special offer for listeners, new customers get $5 off a Lumi starter pack with code U at lumideodorant.com. That equates to 40% off your starter pack when you visit Lumi, L-U-M-E, deodorant, D-E-O-D-O-R-A-N-T, Dot com and use code U, Y-O-U. Should we detour for just one second and talk about your wedding? <laughs> I'm a little concerned about what you're going to say about my wedding. Um, I thought it was hilarious when you're like, let's talk about our weddings. I was like, oh, okay, we're going to go there. <laughs> well, I just feel like I don't get enough of a chance to tell people that in this high society Dallas wedding, I flashed the whole audience, when I turned around at the end, you know, to walk, and I was walking with your brother, I think, I'm almost positive I was walking with your brother, you know, back up the aisle, like after the ceremony, like everyone is celebrating. And I had a spaghetti strap dress on that was, you know, maybe not exactly sized correctly. And I turned around, the straps fell and down came my dress. And I like caught it. And like, you know, had to loop one arm through the groomsman's arm to walk. And I just was dying inside. And I was like, well, I hope everyone is looking at the bride and not me. Oh, my God. Our wedding was just so much. It was just full of so much stuff that happened. So many exes everywhere. So many. Uh, there was just a lot of family stuff happening. It was just a real... It was a real funny wedding. We had so many people there. It was crazy. People were getting locked in the bathroom. The air conditioning went out. Middle of July in Texas, by the way. There are so many backstories to to the whole situation. You know, I mean, I had a girl that was staying with me that was very close to Matt in college. She couldn't stop crying. Remember that? Oh, my God. Are we allowed to say that? I don't know. I don't know if you can say that. And that's not the only wedding that we attended together where somebody cried because they weren't marrying the groom. Right, right. I don't know if we're allowed to talk about that either. (laughs) (laughs) We definitely can't talk about that. Oh, man. It's just... Well, what do you think about... I'm actually curious about this. Because we've known each other since we were young teenagers and now we're mid-40 moms, I'm sure we both know women who have like changed dramatically in the decades. And then we know people who like, yeah, that person's exactly the same as they were when they were 15. (laughs) Right. Do you feel like we have changed? Uh, Yeah. The two of us? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. I think we're wildly different people than we were when we were 20. 
But I don't think at our core we're different. But yeah, I think that we've evolved a lot over the last 20 years, certainly. But not in not in fundamental ways, not in any way that's like important or would change our friendship. Do you not think we've changed? Very confused by this. I think we have changed. You know, I think that our 20-year-old selves would be really surprised by our 41-year-old selves for sure. And I also think that that's probably another secret to our long friendship is that we have changed in very similar ways without really being alongside one another. Like when we touch base every six months or something, we realize that we've sort of evolved in similar ways. Like as our belief systems have changed, as our politics have changed, like sort of we're doing it, but without influencing one another, without sort of being in the same social circle or world or whatever, where it's, where it would be easy to see that it was happening at the same time. It's been a comfort to me. And a reason I think that we haven't faded off from one another, that we keep evolving similarly. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to peg us into that. That always has to be the case, you know, in a long life. But to me, it's, not a coincidence. Like I think that because we are really similar at our core, the things that was a magnet to we were to one another when we were young, those are the same things that are causing us to evolve. You know what I mean? And so like yeah. the fact that we're evolving in the same way isn't a surprise to me, but I do think that it is helpful in keeping us close. For sure. No, I think there's a lot of truth to that. I mean, I was I was having a conversation with Sunny this morning about you know, Matt and I, and how I'm just like a child bride when I got married, how <laughs> terrifying that is. <laughs> and that I don't want my kids to get married that young, but how we've been the same, you know, we've both, we're totally different than we were when we got married, but we've evolved in a similar way. And I do feel the same way about you. Cause I feel like there are friendships that I have that I was people I was very, very, very close with who have not necessarily evolved in the same way. And even though my belief system fundamentally is the same as it was when I was 20, it's definitely a different version of it. And I, it's hard for me to go, I can't go back, you know, like I can't. And it's hard for me to understand people who haven't evolved Mm -hmm. at all. Like I don't even, I just don't understand it. I don't understand how you can live in this world. I don't understand how you can be, you know, who fundamentally we were always trying to be and not have evolved in some ways past some of the things we were taught when we were younger. That's hard for me. Those friendships of a lot of them have faded away for me because I just can't, I don't understand it. You know, that's really vague, but I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Another marker of our friendship is that I know without like any hesitancy that if I had an emergency, if something really bad happened and I needed something, anything, that like you would book the next flight out. I mean, like you wouldn't even think twice about it. And I wouldn't even think twice to ask. I would fully expect you would be here. Like it was, Yeah, that's really rare. I have a couple of other friends like that. But it's it's just really, really rare that we have that understanding, I think. I think it is too. Well, I mean, I think I mean, you 
Lucy was like four months old or something when you took a flight by herself to Dallas to come to Branch Fest. I mean, at party, you did not know anybody really, except for me. And I had like 200 people there. So it wasn't like we got to sit down and chit chat, but you showed up. I mean, that, that was amazing. I mean, that's the kind of friend you are, but I think that that is how our friendship is, you know, but I think about that and you had a, she was tiny. I was so hormonal at that party for your new baby. Well, Branch wasn't a baby. He was one, but you had adopted him and brought him home. And this is the party for him. And I had a new baby and I was so hormonal. I just cried the whole party. Like I literally remember being in your backyard. I was just so happy that you guys had brought Branch home. And I was happy that I had my own baby. We were now mothers together. And I was, you know, I just, I, I remember really clearly holding that big stuffed roadie and I will never get standing in your backyard and just like borderline weeping. I'm sure your Dallas friends were like, who's the crazy with the big stuffed float? Oh my gosh. Well, talk about another crazy party. I'm pretty sure it was like St. Patrick's day or something. Cause a lot of people had gone to the St. Patrick's day parade and then come afterwards and just continued to party on. But yeah, that party, you know, cause we were, we had been so sad for so long, you know, and wanting kids for so long. And, you know, to the point where it was hard for me to go to baby showers and the whole thing. And then people wanted to throw me a baby shower. And that was still weird because I was still sort of mourning the fact that I hadn't been able to be pregnant ever, you know, whatever. And so when we brought Branch and we decided to throw that huge party and it was just so much fun. It was just like a huge celebration. It was like a huge sigh of relief. I feel like, and I can remember Branch just walking around just like he owned the place, you know, just, he was tiny. I mean, he was like 14 months old or something <laughs> and he was just living it up, but you were there. That was really, really incredible that you came. Well, another marker of our friendship is <laughs> that we, if we're going to call one another and we do call each other a few times a year, we have, we cannot just call because if the phone rings and it comes up your name, I think there's an emergency. I think something has gone very wrong. <laughs> and so now we have to text ahead of time. I'm going to call you. Everything's fine. <laughs> That is true. Yeah. Because we're not, we, yeah, it's not usually like a random phone call. I mean, the check-ins are random, but yeah, I wouldn't just pick up the phone while I was driving to Target and call you. No. In fact, I think okay. that that has happened. And one of us has like answered the phone, like, is everything okay? <laughs> <laughs> I do think that happens. Okay. Well, what do you think, you know, like, how do you see our friendship in let's say nine years, when we're 50 years old, how do you see our friendship? Well, I mean, I hope in nine years, my children are grown enough to be fully functioning humans that I can leave at home and we can go on a vacation together or something. Wouldn't that be fun? God, that would be so fun. We've never done that. We've never done that. We talk about it all the time. We don't ever do it. I don't know. I feel like when we get through the parenting phase or at least through it more than just being in the weeds, I hope that it's just going to open up room to be able to travel and be with friends more. You know, I think that we're all just so busy. It's so hard to find that weekend or 
to do it. But I hope that as we get older, we have the freedom to, I don't know, kind of go back to where we were when we were younger and able to do more of that. What do your friendships look like in general? Because like I said, I don't even know. I mean, I happen to just because we've been friends for so long, know who your good friends are by name and stuff like that. But what are your friendships look like? Are they mom friends, childhood friends, work friends? Like what is your, what are your core relationships these days? Well, I mean, I have kind of my core friends that, you know, that, you know, were in my wedding and that I'm still really good friends with. Um, And they're kind of similar. Like we check in, but it's not like a constant communication situation. Cause again, I'm a terrible long distance friend, but my best friend, you know, I mean, my husband and I are really close. Matt and I are, Matt's one of my best friends, which I know that that could be, that's a little controversial, but <laughs> he just is. So there's that. It's not, um, hold on, hold on. It's not controversial. She's referencing the fact that I have a really strong belief that my husband is not my best friend. I know, it's great. It's fine. <laughs> but I love but my husband I so much. That, but I think you know Matt and I well enough to understand where I'm coming from. And I think it's sort of as a hindrance to my friendships is why I bring it up because we are such good friends. Like we are so compatible that we can get in really bad ruts of not wanting to be around other people. Cause we don't really need another person in the mix. I'm also really close to my parents. So I have that too. So like I can get like really holed up in that world, but I mean, I also have, you know, my business partner and his wife are two of probably my best friends. And I'm always friends with people I work with. Although as I'm getting older, that's getting a little bit more, that's becoming less of like a peer friendship and just more of like a work cordial friendship. And then yeah, mom friends. I mean, I've got branch went to a new school a couple of years ago and the group of parents in his grade are, are great. And we've become good friends with them. And, you know, Matt and I, we've always, we have a lot of friends, it's like hard for us to find that core group of friends. Does that make sense? Like we're kind of all over the place. Like we, I feel like we can just hop from friend group to friend group and like, we're still doing that and we're in our forties, which feels really weird. But you know, I've usually, I usually have kind of close friends within those other friend groups and it still feels like that's happening. Yeah. Couple friends are hard. Jeff and I don't have a ton of couple friends. We actually do a little bit now because of parent friends, school our kids' school has a really great parent community. And so in the last few years, we have developed that. But for most of our marriage, we didn't have couple friends. You know, we're 13 years apart. And so friends of Jeff's that might have been married, like they were just in a a different life stage usually. Like now they're empty nesters pretty much. And then friends that were my age that we might have been couple friends with, Again, I mean, the same way, but the other direction. Like we were just, it was hard for us to find people where we were sort of in sync. Yeah. Because of Jeff and I's gap a little bit. But now the kid thing, the kid thing does really bond you, I feel like. Yeah, it helps. Well, because you're just, this this year has been hard and it's been frustrating because I feel like we were in a good place there and like really like kind of gaining traction and, you know, starting to really further form those friendships and then the pandemic hit and we were moved to Austin for three months, but, but yeah, it definitely makes it easier. And I think that, you know, it's important for me to know who the families that my kids are friends with and all of that. And I think we're fortunate to be in a place where 
everyone's pretty likable and fun and, you know, we all get along. So, but yeah, I'm still navigating that. I feel like adult friendships for me have been harder at times because I do work full time and I always worked full time. So when my kids were little and most of my friends were not working full time, you know, they would all get together during the day and have play groups and this and that. And I was never able to do any of that. So I just kind of, I don't know, I always felt not left out because if they went to dinner, whenever I go out to dinner with everybody, but there was definitely stuff happening during the day and it still kind of happens, but I think it's less so that way now, but definitely there was a period where, you know, if I didn't work with you or you weren't like in my immediate vicinity, yeah, I didn't hang out a whole lot with other people. So maybe that's why long distance friendships are special because they don't have those expectations. You don't have the hurt feelings of like, well, you can never come to anything. I mean, there's just a lot that is stripped away when the bulk of your relationship is connecting or reconnecting a few times a year. Yeah. I mean, that's obviously a a lower bar than. Well, I think so. I mean, I think that's what I was saying. I think it's kind of the secret to our success. And the my childhood friends who I'm still really close to, we've transitioned into this type of friendship, you know, where it's okay. Like there's no expectations anymore. There's no, no expectations that they come to town to visit family and they can't come see me. It's no big deal. You know, it's like, we'll catch each other next time. But some friendships didn't really weren't able to withstand that. I think some friend, you know, people got feelings hurt and it just didn't. And I think, you know, there's just some people that we've evolved in different ways and, all of that. But yeah, I think there is something about long distance friendships. It's nice that you don't have those daily expectations. I mean, but obviously, I, you know, it's important to have friends that you can call on a daily basis. But I mean, we've earned that though. Like we have a foundation of, of friendship, like a deep years, decades long foundation of friendship where sure the expectations are sort of low on the daily, but our expectations for one another for the big stuff are high. Like I already said, like I would expect you to get on a plane if I needed it. Like when the big stuff hits, you're up. COVID and all, I'll mask up and head that way. Totally. (laughs) I think that's been hard too for me. I'm not, I don't love surface stuff. Like it's just not who I am. I'm not a big chit chatter and I don't know. It's not me, not my deal. And so it's just so much harder to connect with people on a deeper level when you're older. I mean, like you can, but it just takes a lot more work than when we were younger and just, just in the, in the muck, really just spilling our souls every night. (laughs) Maybe, maybe that's why we always connected is because we just wanted to be like, so tell me, what do you believe about God? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I bet our friendship also revolved around a lot of boy drama which was hilarious to me now. Not in a long time though. Well, not a long time. Clearly we've both been married for very, I've been married for almost 20 years. So there's not been a whole lot of boy drama in my life for a long time, but, but yeah, but we would both, you know, we would go there in those years of what does this mean? Let's dissect it. Uh, I miss it and I never want to go back. I know. I know. I want to go back. I want to do over though. I want to be less freaked out and uptight. And I just want to tell myself just to chill out. Just like everything's going to be okay. You just need to calm down. No, I loved baby Kimmy. I loved that we were 
twinsies back then in our hearts and minds and appearance. And I love that we are twinsies to this day. I love it so much. Thank you for being my longtime old friend that would get on a plane in one second. I'm so glad I made your top five. Are you ever going to tell me if I drop off? <laughs> no, <laughs> I won't tell you. God. Now we're going to turn to my conversation with a new friend in my life, new meaning the last four or five years. Tracy Harriet and I met through our daughters who are in the same grade in elementary school, and we hit it off right away when we met back in 2016. In fact, in just a few short years, Tracy and I have traveled together more than any other friend that I've ever traveled with ever. I attribute this to the fact that we both love to travel, we are very compatible travelers together, that really matters, and Tracy and her family are always up for the next big adventure, just like our family. Tracy is a professional photographer, and she spent 17 years working in photojournalism for the Associated Press. You will hear her talk a little more about her career in our conversation. Tracy is also one of the most social people I have ever met. I feel like she knows everyone in town, and since I am kind of the opposite of that, it's always nice to have the extroverted friend. We talk about the benefits of new friends and spontaneous friends and what friendship looks like in a pandemic. And then she reminds me of a hard conversation we had this summer when my anxiety and stress sent me inward which can be really confusing and hurtful in a friendship with me. So we revisit that misunderstanding and my missteps, and I'm glad that we cleared the air on it again publicly, just because I know we can't be the only friends who had to find a middle ground in the last year with personality types and communication styles. Here's my conversation with a newer friend in my life, Tracy Gitnick Harriet. Do you remember when we first met? All I know is that you guys came to join our school like a year after everybody else did. And Charlie was talking about Lucy, like this awesome girl, Lucy. She's so great. Awesome, awesome, awesome. And then our mutual friends were all talking about you. But you and I had not met for a long time. I feel like our kids were really good friends by the time we actually met. No, we met for the very first time at the school Halloween carnival. Oh, oh, and those things are so crazy. Well, I remember a few things about it. So it was our first year in the school and we did join a year later than everyone else. And, you know, so it was Halloween. So we'd only been in the school year a couple of months and I was really overwhelmed. It's like a very chaotic, very overwhelming event. Yeah. It's a super chaotic event. And I had already been (laughs) cornered at the Halloween carnival by two other moms from our grade who are my friends now. And I love them dearly, but I had never met them. And they were like pulling me aside to let me know that my daughter was the only person who had, who had declined to be in Girl Scouts. And so I was super overwhelmed at the event, had already like been bullied into signing up for Girl Scout. What if I don't want to have a Girl Scout in my house? Maybe she doesn't need to be a Girl Scout. And then I was leaving and I was leaving with another one of our friends or, you know, we were exiting the gym and you came running up and you were like, I've been dying to meet you because you had heard about my daughter. And 
some of the other moms had already met me and whatever. And so I, I just remember it. I remember it really clearly. And I don't remember meeting every single person. You had met, definitely met Patty early on and she was talking about you and she was like, she seems really cool. You know, she's this girl, she's from the South. And I was like, like she's Southern, like from the South Southern, <laughs> like for real? Neat. And we were all kind of tickled by that. Don't say neat. Like that's what you thought. That is not what you thought. I did. I, was, I really don't know. And so it's awful, but like, I'm so Californian. I don't know many people who are Southern. And that, I definitely was like interested in the idea that you were so, you had a very different background than everybody else. Well, that's a perfect way to talk about our friendship because my three closest mom friends from our school group of friends is all three of you were born and raised and now live in Los Angeles. And that is a huge difference to how I grew up and like sort of what our cultural reference points are from our childhoods and stuff like that. And so it is, I don't know, it's like sort of interesting to me to make friends with true LA women at this stage in my life. We're rare people. Not that many people are from here and stay here. I mean, you say that, but I feel like we keep meeting them. Yeah, you're right. You're in a, you're in a zone. (laughs) Also, I had a really hard time making friends in Los Angeles for like a decade. I found it really, really hard when I moved here from Oklahoma because I felt like the girlfriend rules here were so different Hmm. and I still think that, honestly. And LA as a city, like, has obstacles that other cities don't. So, like, if you meet a friend who lives on a different side of town, like, it's almost impossible. Like, you can't just get together. It's like, oh, you're from Santa Monica. We'll never hang. Nice to meet you, though. Truly. Like, you seem cool. That's it. We'll never be friends. It's too hard to get together. You can't last minute get together mm-hmm. with somebody who lives far away. It's a huge effort. Traffic is a real thing. Like the criteria for making a friend where that you can actually spend time with on a regular basis is so narrow that my first kind of decade in LA, my only friends, you know, most of my friends were work friends. So they were people I saw every day. And then when that show ended, we maybe weren't that good of friends afterwards. I totally agree with what you're saying, but I've thought about this because I've listened, I've heard you talk about this on your podcast before and it made me think a lot about that era in my life. I would disagree that while it does have something to do with LA in your case, it also is that era in our lives because from 30 something on or the, from when I had kids on, making friends is a whole nother ball game. And I had a totally different experience than you. And I just think, oh, my friend, I was so focused on work. I was less confident or sure of myself or like, you know, now it's like, I know who I like. I know who who I'm going to hang with. I can basically get along with everybody, but I know who are like my people are right away. Get a vibe. And back then it was just totally different. I don't know if it's about 
me or just being so focused on work and being married to someone. And so you're really into your husband. I had definitely had friends, maybe more than you did in that because I was here. But before that, I was in New York. I I moved to L.A. Like I grew up here. I went away for college. I stayed away for about another six or seven years. And then we came back right after we got married when I was in my late 20s. And um, that whole time, I mean, I remember being not having a gazillion friends and being a little on the lonely side as well. So I, I just think there's something that opens up about you, about age and then having kids and you're meeting so many people all of a sudden. Yeah, that could be true. But it's hard for me to picture you without <laughs> friends because you have more friends than any human I know. <laughs> really? That's funny. I feel like you have friends all over the city. And to me, I've sort of attributed it partly to your personality, of course, so that you're like open and friendly and you're very social. And so, you know, you go to a lot of events and you throw events and like things like that. But also I do think when you grow up here, you're, you're just naturally going to collect people. Like you have, you know, more people, right. You have more friends. Okay. Well, you know, a million people, a lot of people, but you know, it's funny. I would argue that you see your friends from high school, let's say, more than I see my friends from high school and I'm living in the same city as them. What does that say? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I I have some wonderful childhood friends and I make an effort to see them and we're, we stay really close, but I am almost convinced that that is a product of small town culture. Yeah. And when we were in a very particular bubble, especially a pre-internet bubble, when the world was really small from childhood until, you know, we went to college and then even in college years, that creates like a bond like no other. Like Jeff, my husband, who was an army brat and moved around a lot as a kid, he doesn't have those type of childhood friends. Hmm. And I just think a lot of that is some small town mentality that has just stayed with me. Yeah. And then also the people are, they're amazing people. You but. feel deeply connected and you stay connected. Whereas I've just always been like meeting people and meeting people and meeting people and meeting people. Right. Also the small town thing means that my childhood friends and even some of my college friends, they know my parents, they have, they have individual mm. relationships with my parents. Yeah. They know my sibling backstory. They know the culture of our town or, you know, people we each dated or, you know, there's so much entanglement Yeah. where that doesn't happen if in, you know, maybe in a big city, maybe you wouldn't have a relationship with a friend's parents. I just love that. I love that. I didn't really have that. Um, I can think of one or two friends whose parents I was pretty close with, but like, but you know what? That's what I love about how our kids are growing up because I feel like that's what they're getting but from us, but from all around. Like, I want to know that if Charlie had something and she didn't feel like she could tell me, maybe she could tell you or one of our other girlfriends. Or if you saw something was up that you would feel comfortable enough, like, as like a second mom figure to be like, hey, what's going on with you? You know, mm-hmm. you got to go talk to your mom. I love that. I don't think I, I definitely didn't have that growing up. It's a really nice thing. So maybe we're all pulling your small town vibe. 
Well, also, it's just different parenting. It's different. It's a type of parenting also, I think, a little bit. And our community that bonds us and where we met is our elementary school culture that, you know, we automatically have a thing that we, you know, we're going to be at the same events. We're going to be at the same sports things. Mm -hmm. We have a lot of the same mentality. If that's the school you chose, then, you know, you... Like a certain type of vibe or whatever. Yeah, I mean, we all chose that school because it had that vibe. Right. Very warm and fuzzy. Which I'm sure is, you know, true no matter what community you have chosen. If it's a church community or if it's a sports community or whatever, you have chosen that community for some reason that is attractive to your family culture. And Mm -hmm. then, then you have that thing in common. And right now for us, it's our school. Yeah. And I did not have... like My years of loneliness were between when I stopped working in TV production, so where I was seeing people on a daily basis, Mm -hmm. and then when my kids started elementary school, where I was seeing other parents on a regular basis. So those sort of years in between when I just felt like I was at home alone with the kids and I didn't have any girlfriends that were also, like I had some girlfriends, but they worked, so they didn't have the same schedule I did. Or I had some girlfriends that didn't have kids, so their priorities were different or whatever. Only when we started at our school did I feel like I found a group of women friends that was on par with, you know, what I think of in my Oklahoma days Hmm. where we had a friend group, where we had a text thread, where we could count on each other to pick up the other one's kid or, you know what I mean? Like where we just sort of have a shorthand and a... Yeah. And I would say... I feel the same way, but maybe to a lesser extent because I'm from here. But I also have a kid who's older. So I started, you know, in the preschool and then school years, a few years before you. So I have a whole group of friends from from there. And, you know, that really fed my need for, you know, deeper connection with people as I got older. But... I had some pretty quiet years there where I was, but I, you know, for me it was, I was so focused on work. And so I, I feel like as a, as a friend to other people, when I let go of that job, um, I changed 180 degrees. And I think this is more my natural self. Like I was a different person because the job demanded so much of me and my attention. And I never really got to fully engage in the world. Mm -hmm. What do you think about making friends at the stage in your life, like late thirties, early forties, like making new friends, forming entirely new relationships that are not just acquaintances that are like people that really are going to matter to your life, like meeting them at this stage. I mean, I'm a people person. So I always want to know people and welcome people and and that kind of thing. But I mean, we're definitely at a place where it's like, I have, I have a lot of great friends who really care about me and I know that. And so I'm not as needy or I don't need to, but when I meet somebody I really connect with, I get excited. Like I want to know, I want to meet them. I want to like, that's how I felt when I met you. It was like, I had a great, I have a lot of great friends, but I was so intrigued by you. We had a 
pretty great connection right away. I just wanted, I'm like, I want to know you more. I want to know more. I want more and more and more. Like, give me more time. Give me more energy. I want to know all about you. And I like, it's still, it's exciting and fun. I love meeting new people. It's so fun. But do you think it's weird when you find out something, like, for example, the other day, even, we had, we're having a casual conversation where I said something about my life that is actually a pretty big part of my life that I thought you knew and you did not know. And you were, so, so when you find out that we we don't know each other that long, we've skipped over a whole thing. (laughs) Yeah. So then when you find out like something about a person's past, that's a pretty big deal. And you're like, wow, that doesn't align with who I know now, or like, I can't even picture you doing that or like whatever. I don't know. Is it disconcerting or is it just sort of like, Oh, that's interesting to learn that about you. Just like, Oh, that's interesting. Like two years ago, I would have been like, that's no biggie. Like I'm still getting to know you, but I mean, we've been to Europe together. I should know these things. Like, (laughs) but it's not, I, I like that. I'm, I'm, there's still layers, you know, to uncover that's that's cool well I met you when I was 37 I guess you're such a baby (laughs) I was 37 and I had really just gone through some big emotional changes I had some really big shifts in my life right before I met you and our kind of current friend group. Mm, And so when I think about it now, the Laura that you know is like sort of a a current version of me when I feel like, well, you didn't know me. I was a really different person when I was 25. And I mean, I'm sure we were all a really different person when we were 25, but there's a time in my life when I would have met someone, I would have made a new friend and I would have wanted to tell them about all the past Laura's. Like I would have wanted to been like, oh, you know, I used to be this or I used to think this. And like, you need to know all of these things about me in order to have a deep friendship with me. And now I feel like, no, you're getting the best version of me. We don't need to revisit. And then it's like more like up to me. I'm like peeling the onion, you know, like unraveling. I'm like, there's more in there. You need to bring it like... Tell me more. You know, I had a, a different conversation with one of my older friends who has known, like, ev- we've known every version of one another. Like, we met when we were children, and we've seen each other through some really hard times, and for better or worse, like, the worst versions of ourselves and great versions of ourselves. And there's, like, such a value to that. I can't ever replace that friendship with her, right? Mm-hmm. But also, <laughs> you're like, this is the best version of me you're getting. Kind of. I kind of feel like, okay, well, not, I mean, I hope that we all get better as we age, let's say, you know, I don't think this is right now the best version that I'll ever be in the whole of my life, but I'm the best version of me that I can be right now. And I actually like meeting people when I have already gone through some growing pains and figured out who I am a little better and figured out, like you were saying about now you have some discernment about like, figuring out if we're going to be friends or not pretty early on. You don't have to go through the growing pains of figuring out someone is Mm -hmm. not for you. Like in our twenties, you know, you kind of like take it off. Yeah. You just take everyone and then you figure out later, Oh, this person, all these difficult friends, (laughs) like all that drama. I mean, now it's like, 
I still like want to enjoy a million different people's company because that's fun, but who am I really going to reveal myself to and get invest time, like significant time in? I can be more, more, well, who picky about? Oh, that's rude. Just getting who that's going to be based on our vibe on each other. But like you, you see, I'm like getting this version of you, but that version of you is an amalgamation of all these other things that happen. And I mean, while you think you're just presenting this one persona to me, that persona is filled with all these other things. Like I get that. I'm not, you're not fooling me. <laughs> not, it's not a trick. Not a party trick. Well, I'm not, not like, it's not just awesome Laura at 41. It's right. Anyway. <laughs> no, I'm not. It's I'm not like, trying to trick you, and I don't. I don't even approach it like that. You know, and you know, obviously, in our normal life, I don't even think about it like that. But I do think sometimes, you know, would this have been my friend group ten years ago? Maybe, maybe not. You know, I mean, it sort of just depends on totally what stage you're in. And when I met you and several of our friends, it was a huge relief to me because. When I came into this group of women, you guys were already friends. You were such doers. Like, you could not say anything. Like, if someone was like, we should all have brunch one day. Well, then people would be like, pull out their phones. What day? Yeah. And you would, like, pick it. <laughs> someone would make a reservation. Someone would. We don't, we don't want to just have brunch. We want brunch. <laughs> I mean, it would be like, and I remember telling Jeff, like, this is, this group of women is, like, a whole different situation. Like, they don't just talk. They actually do things you can't don't even suggest anything because like it will happen <laughs> it was whiplash for me because I had not had friends like that truly in my adulthood you know at all like and so I was like oh my gosh this is like a whole new world and then as it turns out you and I in the past four years have traveled together literally more than any other adult I've traveled with in my life we have gone to I'm so honored I, I mean, it really it. took me a minute because it doesn't feel like it until you stop and say something like that, right? And then you say that, and I'm like, oh, hey, we have done a lot together. I hadn't thought about that. Like, I it mean, seemed natural. In four years, we've done New York City, New South York. Carolina, New Orleans, Miami, London, oh, Paris, Amsterdam, Mexico. Oh, I forgot about that trip. <laughs> that was fun. Oh, it's fun. <laughs> I mean, oh have you traveled God. with anyone else to all those different places? <laughs> I don't think so. But what's also funnier is that all of those trips, I'm looking at your face because not all of those trips were stellar, frankly. And it's almost funnier to have that part, right? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's almost funnier to have had unusual trips together. Yeah. Even we the bad ones had some pretty damn memorable moments, like in the good way. Totally. It's like memories. Like you're like, oh, I, I went through that weekend with mm -hmm. you know with Tracy we've had some ups and downs <laughs> let's focus on the Europe, Europe was <laughs> but then we had a great trip to Europe with other friends that was magical and you know a real highlight of like my life truly I think I'll look back on that trip as a highlight of my life Same. and to be I when we did that trip we'd been friends for like two years and so I just remember thinking like this is Amazing that we are still new friends doing this incredible adventure together and 
That's like amazing. Because we're newer friends, we go on these trips and we have all those past stories we can still tell each other, which is really fun. So sometimes I think about when we've, when we've got all the stories down, like when I have no more to tell you or to shock you with. And you too. Like, is it going to be just as awesome? I think it will. Yeah, because I don't think what is special about our friendship is that it's new. I mean, we're talking through it because I, I think it's an interesting way to think about friendships. But yeah. like... You know, I would never say to anybody when I was describing my friend Tracy, I wouldn't be like, what's awesome about Tracy is that she's new to me. That's not a thing. You know, I would say what's awesome about Tracy is this, that, and the other thing about Tracy. Because we've gotten to know each other through our girls and through travel and through this community that we're a part of, a school community that we're a part of that is super active when it's not COVID. And... I don't know. I don't categorize you or any of our other, our other girlfriends as like new friends in a way that is separate. Mm, from yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's one thing I do know for sure is that these are very authentic friendships because partially, like I said in the beginning, we are sort of picking and choosing now. We have the depth of experience and the wisdom of age to sort of know who you will get along with we get we like I chose you I chose you I I mean not in in our other friends too I knew I get along with you I knew I would and that's like a real joy like you know I mean I'm just lucky that we met because that could have never happened what do you think about Friendships kind of going in and out in a natural way over the years, like seasonal friends. I mean, I think that it's fine. We all have our natural rhythms in our lives, and they ebb and flow. It's kind of, I mean, like anyone, it's kind of a bummer. I look at some friends that I drifted away from over the years. And I'm bummed that that happened, but I also respect that maybe I wasn't doing it for them the way I used to, or they're just really focused on other parts of their lives, like their kids go to other schools. So I try not to get too... It's just funny you mentioned that, because I just recently heard from a few friends that I drifted away from, and I felt like they drifted from me more than I drifted from them but I let it happen and it's really made me think a lot about why that happened and I hadn't really had to deal with that in my life like I've had friends that we drifted apart from and I never thought about it twice and then I'd look back like 10 years later like that's so weird that we don't talk anymore and I think I really was hurt for a minute there yeah I don't take it as personally as I did when I was younger because same I think I can see like a little more objectively than I used to about how many factors are at play here like it does matter how busy a person is it does matter if the spouses don't really connect and so then it's like hard to do family things or the kids or what don't if the connect. kids were great friends and that was a reason you guys were seeing each other a lot and then they really grow you know just wait until the kids go to middle school like kids really change and that's where you really see if the relationship is deep in between the adults or if it's just about the kids 
And you kind of enjoy each other. Right. I mean, I, I feel like I saw that from the baby years to school age years and that I had a few friends that, and I didn't have very many mom friends when my kids were babies, but you had a few friends of convenience where like you didn't even matter. It didn't matter if you connected or not. You just needed someone to meet you at the park. Like yeah. you just had to get out of the house. And there's a real value in that. Like I really appreciate the people who were that person for me at that age. Totally. I agree. Need those people because they're salvation. They're great people, but maybe they aren't long haul friends and like, that's okay. And then you're going to run into them 10 years from now. Maybe I'll reconnect. Right. Or maybe you'll just say, it's so great to see how well you're doing. You look Mm -hmm. beautiful and then keep it moving. Totally. You know, and just be able to like have a moment of gratitude for, oh, I'm so glad we. Did you notice that I used the word y'all? This L.A. Jewish girl pulled out a y'all. <laughs> White girl in the valley saying y'all. <laughs> I always say that about my valley mom friends because our school's in the valley. Our All of our friends live in the valley except for me. And I talk about how lonely I was. I thought L.A. women just like weren't for me. Well, turns out they were just they all were just in, in the, the valley. valley. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. That's really funny. When I was... When I was growing up, I was, I grew up in the Valley and I was a total Valley girl. And then I went to college on the East coast and I was like, I will never live in the Valley again. It is not for me. Never. And then I made Stu move to LA and he was like, explain to me why you won't live in the Valley. Cause from where I said, it looks pretty good. Cause the Valley is one of the many areas of LA that makes a big city feel like a small town, which is awesome. I mean, kind of. Oh, come on. Just give me that. <laughs> My big moment. <laughs> it does. I like that. You know, I, I lived in New York for a lot of years, and you would walk down your block, and everyone on your block knew you, and the dry cleaner would wave, and I loved that. Like, I think I always loved that small... T- I'm, I'm such a city person. I don't think I would ever live in a small town, but I like anything that makes you feel like you're in a small town in the big city. And I think I totally get that in the Valley. In COVID, one of the things I miss that you're probably so thrilled you don't have to deal with is going somewhere like to a restaurant and running into five people you know. And while I don't really want to have a long, sustained conversation with all those people, I like recognize, I like the recognition of people know me, I know them. It feels like, it makes it feel like a small town. I think that's really awesome. You're like, oh God. I would welcome that now but the reason I left Oklahoma one of the reasons I left Oklahoma is because I wanted to change I wanted to be a different person and it's hard to do in a small town people just remind you who you are all Mm -hmm. the time and I wanted to be anonymous like I specifically moved to a big city where I could dye my hair black and be weird and nobody would look twice. And that is what Los Angeles is. Nobody cares here how many times you transform. It's actually my favorite thing about Los Angeles that people here are so into changing themselves all the time. Whereas a big value in where I grew up, and it might be different now because the world is different now, but it was that staying the same was the moral compass. Besides the phase where you had bangs, is there a different look? Like, is there a black hair and nose ring, Laura, that I'm not aware of? Shut up. Not a nose ring. I mean, I know you had bangs. I saw that photo. 
That was recently. That was right before I met you. <laughs> That's it. That's all I can think of. I've had black hair, pink hair. Stop it. You know, I went through like a thrift store clothes only phase. Mm-hmm. I went through like a super, super, I don't want to say preppy isn't quite the right word, but like, yeah, I've gone through like style choices and just taste choices. And I mean, it, there's a value in being anonymous for a certain period of your life when you're trying to spread your wings or whatever. And then of course, what you're saying, then there's a value to having a community that mm-hmm. recognizes you and that sees you. And I've wanted to do both. And I feel like I have done both. I mean, I've had, I've had both. I can see a time in my life when I want to be anonymous again. It's really lovely when people really know you and it can also really be a hindrance. Like they won't let you change. Really? Or is that just that they're not that kind of friend to you? Is that the maybe more the difference between old friends and new friends? I guess I'm I not. Feel like you've evolved a lot since I've met you, and we really celebrate that. I mean, look at how much you've done in the last couple of years. I think when I said that, I wasn't necessarily thinking of my deepest friends. I was thinking more of like a community, a the small community town keeping level. Yeah, but. I definitely have friends that have distanced themselves from me as I changed. And I, same, I mean, I distanced myself from them as I changed. Like, it was a mutual thing. And that has had some pain points. But then that's also been like, yeah, this feels right. (laughs) You know? (laughs) But then I have a handful of friends that have known me my whole entire life. And they've changed and I've changed. And we let each other change. And those friendships are incredible in a different way because I can I can be all the versions of Laura with them and they recognize that girl uh-huh. because they've seen them all you know if I were to pull out you know my thickest accent to you you guys would tease me and laugh you know and you know lighthearted but you know what I mean like oh but I love it you know this uh-huh. girl and I love my old friends can tease me about but do your phases. old friends give you shit about the LA-ness of LA, Laura? Not anymore. But they did. My deepest friends that are still around as deep friends, they always got it. Like, they always were like, you were always going to leave. Aww. Like, they know it completely. You were like a bird. But they'll still tease free? me. Like, they'll still tease me about being highfalutin or... Well, that's what I was wondering. But it's not. I know they're... I know that it's light. She's so chill. She's so down to earth. <laughs> and they're like, you know, my family. It's not even my friends. It's my family gives me more grief about becoming an L.A. person. And I used to try so hard. Gosh, I dug in so hard. One of my taglines of my blog when I used to be a blogger was really straddling that line of, I'm an Oklahoma girl who lives in L.A. Mm-hmm. And then finally, after a while, I was like, you know, I'm not like I'm an LA person and I'm not ashamed of it anymore. And I don't need to straddle that line. Like I've chosen this life. I love this life. Mm -hmm. I don't need to constantly remind people that I'm so grounded because I grew up in Oklahoma. You either get me or you don't. Yeah. Like you, who I am. Yeah. But I mean, gosh, it took me a long time to get there. That's so interesting. I think it's interesting that, Duality between 
I grew up in this big city, but kind of came around to craving this kind of small town vibe. And you grew up in this small town and you're like, I just want the anonymity of a big city. I can't deal with this. I think that's part of, for me, why I left New York and stayed here. I always thought I was going to go back to New York. And then we got here. It was so comfortable. Mm-hmm. So easy. And yeah. I liked the seeing people I knew everywhere I went. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm glad I get to see you all the time. I'm so glad that we are friends. I, I miss seeing you. I don't get to see you enough. Well, because of COVID. Oh my gosh, when I was l- rattling off all the places we traveled, I didn't even say Utah. <gasps> Utah! Thank goodness for Utah. <laughs> we didn't talk about the thing. Are you like, is this you rounding the bend? Is that what's happening? <laughs> I was wrapping us up. What thing? I was so, one of the reasons I was nervous to come here was like, I'm the girl that called you out over the <gasps> summer. Oh my God, we didn't talk about that part. Yes, let's do. Okay, hold on. I forgot. I'm that friend. You. I forgot about that. <laughs> hold on. Let's talk about friendship in the yeah, pandemic. It was a thing. So I have mentioned on the podcast a few times that I've had some... Just once or twice. I mean, literally, I've had to mention it multiple times, but but it wasn't just you, I should say. I had multiple friendship situations over the last year that have really taught me that I need to work on some of my friendship skills. And one of them was with you, which we can talk about because yeah. we cleared the air completely. But do you want to share what happened a little bit? Sure. I just want to start with that. What's funny to me is that I I gave you a hard time and I immediately apologized for it and I felt terrible about it. And then the podcast has come back like twice. And I'm like, oh my God, I said one thing. <laughs> but it was a big deal. It meant a lot to me. It did. I, can't, I don't want to diminish. But also, you know, it wasn't just you, right? I told you. I know. And that made me feel better. But like, you know, like you don't want to feel like a needy friend. And the truth is, when I really think about it, like I... I know where I stand with you. Like, that's part of what I love about grown-up friendships. Like, I know who I, I know where I stand. Like, why was I so hurt? Like, I know the reality of our friendship is not. But you know, the mind goes to a place, and like, so you did what you've done every summer since I've known you. you just went to your lake house, which we'd been locked down intensely for months at that point that you left, and then. While you were gone, I could see on your Instagram that you were maybe having some rough moments and stuff. And I would reach out to you. And, you know, first it was just like, hey, how are you? Like, with that aside, just general conversation, text or two. It wasn't like I was texting you a lot. Like, And then it was like, are you okay? Is everything okay? Like, what's going on over there? And I didn't hear back from you multiple times. And when I reached out to you and was like, are you okay? I was worried about you. And then when time went on, I was like, I'm both worried and offended at the same time. And then it went on like, and why is she not wondering what's going on with me? Like, what about what's going on with me? Like, I have needs too. Like, you know, it goes both ways. I, because I'd spent that whole time kind of wondering and worrying a little bit about your well-being, being isolated in South Carolina. And um, then you came back and I think I reached out to you and you got back and you still didn't reply right away. And then our ki- we were going to get our kids together and 
for like an outdoor socially distanced, but thank goodness, you know, one of my kids' best friends is in town. We can see each other. And I kind of let you have it. Like I could barely like hold it in. I was just like, ah, how dare you? You know, and you were said exactly what I knew in my heart that you were going to say, which is like, it had nothing to do with you and nothing to do with our friendship. I was just in a place and not feeling like communicating with people. Right. I mean, is that assessment? Yeah. When I get in an anxiety spiral, which I fell into this summer for weeks at a time, you know, the first thing to go is communication and I don't communicate well. I really go inward Hmm. and a few times when you would reach out directly and say like, Hey, are you okay? It would ping me to think I need to give my friends an update. You know, I would think that. And so then I would respond in our group text, our friend group text. I would maybe give an update, but I was not showing you on like a personal level that I cared about what was going on with you. Cause you had stuff happening in your life too. That was difficult. Mm-hmm. And I was only seeing it as like maintenance of information like, oh, Tracy's checking in. I better tell everyone is what's happening instead of seeing it as like a heart to heart, like a heart thing, a friendship thing. And I was just like, the most I can do is share this information. And so I'm going to do it on the group text. But I wasn't taking calls and I wasn't being a friend to you either. And I really took for granted that you did know like kind of where our friendship stood and I didn't. I definitely was not clocking how upset you were. And and then when I came home after being gone for several months and you confronted me on it, it was it was a mad scramble to prove to you that it wasn't personal. Like I remember I got up my phone to be like, I have two hundred unread texts. Like I and really I was, wanted yeah, to I prove to you that it wasn't personal. And then I realized because it was because it wasn't in my heart. But then I realized later, like, well, that was the wrong tactic because it's personal to her. Yeah. I was like, great. Who are those people? What does that matter to me? Like, you're my friend. But also, I think I felt a little, um, like, I could sense that you were going into an anxiety place and I wanted to be one of many friends. I was like, I see where you're going. Come back to us. Like, come back. Be the end that you just couldn't take that from me or our other friends either, you know, that gave me, I, I was anxious about that. It gave me pause. And, you know, I think I want, like, I wanted you to, to recognize that like, we're your friends. And when you're going to that place, don't just like go there, like lean on us. It's okay. I know, but that's not, that's not how I deal with it. And I think mm-hmm. that it is even harder for people when I can manage to post my feelings on Instagram, but I can't manage to post my feelings in a text. It's hard. It's hard on my friendships. I mean, it has been hard on my friendships in on a few different levels before. And you're such a prolific writer. You have a hard time sometimes on the personal level, but not like when we sit outside and have a long conversation, like you can say, you'll say you'll go deep quick. But when you're, I think when you're in a place of stress or anxiety, you struggle with it, but you can write about it. And that's who you are. Like, I mean, you've taught me a lot about understanding anxiety because I, I don't feel like I, I understand it. It was hard. Our, even though we, we made up quickly once we 
both sort of set our peace. I mean, immediately. It was very, yeah, very brave like that. But then I had another friend, also in our friend group, who had a similar, not exactly the same, but a similar grievance with me. Yeah. And when she and I had to have a hard discussion about it, she also brought up my social media. And so in my mind, these are two separate issues because how I process something publicly, everything I do publicly, actually, like my social media, my podcast, my everything is really, really separate from my real life. Yes. But the people in my real life don't see it that way because what I'm putting out there is personal and like, to me, it's like work and not work. You've always sort of presented it as like, oh, I, just, I remember the, one of the first times we ever hung out, you were like, well, I just have to record this little thing. It's for this, it, it's no big idea, like blah, blah, blah. And then I'll be there by two. And then you show it up and I was like, what were you doing? And you're like, oh, it was like recording a podcast. Like, that's not a little thing. Like, that's a thing. That's like a whole thing. Tell me about it. You're like, no, no, no it's just a little work thing. No, it's separate. You always very categorized it as like work and friends. Right. And it really is not great for me. Like it almost bothers me when real friends follow my public stuff because I get like very uncomfortable. Oh yeah. And I don't want to talk about it. And I don't, it's really separate in my mind. And so when I had friends, more than one this year in a legitimate friend grievance, also bring up my social media. It was, it was like an out of body experience. Like I'm literally like that has nothing to do with our friendship, but it, it does to people. And I had to learn that it does to people that it is hurtful to see a person post on social media, but not text you back. Like they're obviously holding their phone, right? Like I get it. And like, I'm a supportive friend. I'm going to follow you. Duh. Well, our friendship glitch this summer, even though it was over, you know, in one hard conversation, it didn't linger on. You are not a person to hold on to stuff like that. You do not bring it back up. This is the only time we've talked about it since, I think, except maybe in passing reference. So, and I appreciate that. I mean, because once it was over, you, we accepted apology, you know, you accepted my apology and, and then it was truly done except for I've really had, you know, I had to learn from it and be like, I can't you know, do friendship in this way that I had done before, which is, I, you know, not write people back. Like it's, you know, it's rude if you don't write back somebody who asks you a question. When you're in a friendship, rude isn't even the right word. It's like hurtful. It's like, I mean, you can let it go to a certain, certain extent. Like if you didn't write me back one time, it's like, who cares? It's extended periods. I mean, we're also in this, like, you have to think about, we were in COVID, we were in lockdown, we're all going through something. It's hard, you know, and you expect your close friends to be able to, but I, I do want to say this because I think I've mentioned this to you before. I think you totally took that on as something. It was all you and none me, but I, I, I totally appreciate you learning from it and getting that and like really wanting to like adjust but I also, I mean, we have, we both had to learn from it. I mean, I really put a lot of thought into like, I kind of like uttered out what I was going to say. And then I immediately felt guilty for being like too needy of a friend. And I really had to think about, hey, give her some grace. Because I know I, I've had moments with some of our other friends where I think I was hard on them. And I 
want to make sure that I'm not that I'm not lacking understanding of what everyone else is going through too, and not being a needy friend and being just, you know the right level. Mm-hmm. Um, that's important. I don't think in general I'm a needy friend, but I think I can have my moments. I don't think you're a needy friend. I also truly do think though that this ties perfectly to old friend rules and new friend rules because with my old friends, first of all, they understand me and what I do in anxiety spirals. (laughs) Like they understand that on a super deep level. And also we're used to, because all of my oldest friends are, you know, not living in LA, they're all long distance. We're used to going months without having a real communication. Whereas new friends, we talk several times a week. I mean, we communicate in some way several times a week. Mm -hmm. And so an absence of me communicating for weeks and weeks, which I did, I didn't respond to you for weeks is super noticeable. And because honest to goodness, new friends, local friends, mom friends, as I have established is new to me in the last few years and so, like, I just was used to, well, I'll see her, you know, in, in non-COVID times. Yeah. It was like, well, I'll see her. And, and I'll apologize. Yeah. Or, like, we'll catch up on whatever she needed or I'll tell her what's going on, whatever. Yeah. Well, in COVID, when we weren't seeing each other, then I was out of the friendship practice of, like, oh, I actually need to, like, make an effort here and force myself to respond or at least be mindful of what my non-response could be you know, be perceived as, and that's a new friend, old friend thing. Like that's a thing you have to be like, Oh, these friend, this, this friendship group has a different level of expectation. Yeah. And we also don't know as deeply the rhythms of what you, I mean, I've always known you go away from the summer and it was never, you know, surprising to like kind of left less communication, but I also don't know the rhythms of your anxiety spirals and how to work with that and how I want to let you retreat. Like, do I want to just let you retreat or do I want to keep nagging you so that you don't fully disappear into your anxiety? I don't know because well, like this summer, for example, I was with family. I was with my husband. I was with in-laws. I was with people. Mm -hmm. But like the last time, before this summer, the last hard time I had was when Jeff was away making a movie. And it mattered a lot to me that you guys checked in on me so regularly that year. And that was different. Remember about that year, you had that minor surgery that turned out to be a little harder than you anticipated. And we didn't all learn about how hard exactly that was until way later. I mean, we were checking in on you, but you weren't being crystal clear about it until way, way later. And I just remember thinking, like, if she had just told me, I would have been sending food. Like, I would have had, like, picked up Lucy from school, like, 85,000 times. You know, that's not how I am. I, I get that. And I don't think if I was in your position and having had surgery, I'd be like, hey, 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 hey. But if you were calling me and I was like, oh, I just had this like surgery and I'm not feeling great. And you'd be like, could I pick up your kid? I'd be like, oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. You know, and I think you need to learn to ebb and flow into that place 
Well, that I would handle that whole situation differently now. I mean, that was only a few two years later. Yeah, okay. it was only two years ago, and I'm still definitely learning. Like after that year, was, that was um, 2018. I had a surgery. Jeff made a movie. It was super hard on my health, on our marriage. Like it was a super hard year. And the one thing that Jeff and I said to each other over and over again was, next time any of these situations come up a health thing, a movie, we will handle this differently. We, we messed this up in a few different ways. Yeah. And I believe that if we go through another year like that, we will handle multiple things differently. I think I would reach out now in a way I didn't then. I think we would handle him being gone different. I mean, like I made all these jokes about move about meeting like the best version of Laura, but like we're all learning all the time yeah. how we will do things differently next time. And I'm still learning that in friendship too. <laughs> you know what I do? And I did this when I had some postpartum stuff and I did the same thing. I convince myself that I just need like one more week. Like I'm like, mm-hmm. I just need, a, I just need a second. It is very hard for me to see the forest for the trees. I cannot imagine that it will be this way for the next two months, even though it ends up being that way for like two months. Instead, I think I meant, I just, I'll be fine next week. And I, I totally get is none of us is great about asking for help when we need it. But what happened this summer when like friendship is being offered to you, like you need to learn when to accept it and take it and like use that line, even if you don't want to, because it's probably going to be better for you later. Yeah. So just candidly, next time that I'm having an anxiety thing and I reply to you, it's for you. Um, I don't want that. No, I do. Why would you not want me to participate in our friendship? (laughs) I wouldn't be doing it for me. I'm taking care of me the best way I know how to take care of me, which is going inward. But I don't ever want our friendship to suffer. So, But what I'm saying is that your friends might be more helpful than you think. We all get a pass to some extent. We all get a COVID pass. For sure. And, but, you know, we're not the only ones having this conversation. This is why I wanted to have this part of the conversation publicly is because I've heard from a ton of people who said their friendship suffered or yeah. they have had their feelings hurt or they have hurt feelings or they've drifted apart or, you know, what was really keeping us together or like all these things that we're talking about. It's so super hard. I mean, it's like on the one hand, some of my friendships have definitely deepened. And some have drifted away, but I don't think the only the ones that deepened are the ones that are valuable to me. It's circumstance in so many ways. It's like, I still think I'll end up being friends with those people when life resumes back to normal. We just relied on a lot more in-person contact. Right. And I'm not the best communicator either. Like text for me, I, I just, I'm not a great texter at all. No, I have friends who... We like have barely talked in almost an entire year, almost in the entire COVID. And I'm talking about some, some local friends here that we've barely talked in 10 months. And I actually think we'll be totally fine once the world totally. is back. Thousand percent. Yeah, it, we won't even miss a beat. We'll be like, well, that was weird, huh? Yeah. <laughs> How been the last, the last year been for you? <laughs> kind of. Oh, wait, were you at home? Me too. <laughs> wow. And that will be fine because that's kind of where we're, that's where we operate, you know, and it will be totally fine. But then I have friends that, you know, I have friendships that have taken a hit that, you know, maybe 
Maybe they'll never. Maybe they'll never recover. Yeah. Maybe that's okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm so glad we did this. Thank you for talking Yay. with me. Yeah, you're welcome. I have one question. What? Is it Laura or Laura? <laughs> Just listen to the 10 Things to Tell You podcast. You can find the show notes and subscribe to episode emails at 10thingstotellyou.com slash podcast. And you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at 10 Things to Tell You. Remember, this is an interactive podcast. I have 10 things to tell you, and you have 10 things to tell. So take this topic to your journal or a friend or post on social media using the hashtag 10 things to tell you. These episodes are meant to bring connection with others and ourselves and spark better conversations. Thanks for listening. Now go share something.